Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Why don't you find the book of Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. We'll begin there. Matthew the 4th chapter. And I'm just, you know, the Lord's just going to stir us up about something. I don't know if you're like me, but every now and then I need stirred up about things. You know, things that maybe have slipped a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you have to get stirred back up about it. And, and, you know, sometimes these kind of messages aren't like what you call deep messages, but they're very vital. And, uh, you know, every now and then, you know, not so much today as it, you, they used to, your, your vehicle needs a tune-up. You know, today they just run and run and run, uh, you know, without a tune-up. Some vehicles I've had... You know, newer vehicles, I don't think I've ever had a tune-up. But, you know, used to, we used to have to change the plugs, the points, the distributor cap, the wires, you know, plug wires and so forth, and do maintenance to keep them running smooth. And then they would only go about 90,000 miles, and they were leaking at every place there was, and water came in through the windshield, and you had to tie the muffler on. And so I thank God they built a little better vehicle today than they did. And you don't have to do all that. But sometimes our spiritual life's like that. We got to, you know, we got to tune it up. Amen. And so, you know, I'm going to talk to you. And I may talk about some of these, about, about this subject along these lines on Wednesday night for a little while here. We'll see. But I'm going to talk specifically tonight about ministering healing. Amen. All right. Amen. And about how, what I'm going to talk about is how this isn't just for preachers or pastors. This is for everybody. And let's, let's go here in Matthew chapter 4 uh, and verse, uh, uh, verse 23. It says that Jesus uh, went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching uh, the gospel of the kingdom. So he went about teaching and preaching and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Well, one of the things... When you read about the ministry of Jesus, you read the Gospels. One of the things that becomes self-evident to me is that healing was not a side issue with Jesus. It's all through his ministry. You know, I, I, you know, I chose to read this passage. I could have read other passages throughout the Gospels where it talks about Jesus and his healing ministry and his delivering ministry. Uh, Acts tells us how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And so, you know, I, I, it's a big issue with Jesus. Healing is a big issue. And he was against sickness. Come on. It was never, it, he never, there was never anybody he ran into that he ever said, you know, God wants you sick, you'll just keep yours. He healed them all. And you know, he's our example, right? And, and not only did, was he against sickness, but he set his disciples against it. He, in various passages that I could give you the reference, I'm not going to take time to do that tonight, but I could give you the references, you know, various passages where he told his disciples to go and, and heal the sick. And said he gave him power against sicknesses. And so he, sent, he was against it. He sent his disciples out against it. 
And he has set the church against it. In Mark chapter 16, a scripture we may read in a little bit. And in James chapter 5, where he said, there's any sick among you, call the elders of the church. One thing is for certain about the Bible is God is against sickness. It's not his friend. Amen. And he doesn't use it for anything. He doesn't teach people by sickness. Amen. He teaches us by his word. Now, I've heard people say, well, pastor, when I was sick, I, I really got closer to God and I learned some things. I'm not saying you didn't, but you didn't have to do that. Right? You can get close to God. The Bible says draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to you. But it is true. Sometimes people get laid up, they do get closer to God because they don't have anything else to do. Amen. It's kind of like when people lose weight and they lose it because they got sick. That's not the best way to do it, is it? Right? I've, I've met people, they lost weight, they lost weight because they did it, they did it, you know, they wanted to. Then there's people that lost weight because, you know, they got sick and that's a hard way to do it. Amen. Amen. Right? And so, you know, you have to understand that if Jesus was against sickness, he said his disciples against sickness, he set the church against sickness, which is us, then we should be against sickness. We should fight it. Amen. And I want to just talk to you tonight from the Bible, from the scriptures, about how you and me both are commissioned to do something about it. <laughs> it's awful quiet, but you know, how many of you know if pastor says this, he's got scriptures that he can keep you here all night if he needs to, because there's so many of them. And so, but you know, I, I think we'll just look at a few things, but you know, uh, you know, there, there's, there, there, the thing about Jesus is it's amazing when you read through the Gospels how, how much it talks about his healing ministry. And then well, what I want to show you is it's not exclusive to Jesus. And it's not exclusive to the disciples, the 12 disciples, but it's for the whole church. I will admit... <laughs> he was better at it than what we are. <laughs> How many would admit that? But that doesn't mean we shouldn't be doing what he did. Amen? Look with me in uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to show you a scripture that uh, Paul, you know, something he said to the church at Corinth. Let's, let's, let's go there, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because, uh, you know, I want to put this in you. Well, it isn't really that I want to. I, I didn't even think about preaching on this until I prayed about what to preach on. And uh, the Lord brought this to me. And so, you know, he's wanting to stir us up to realize we, we, every time we run into somebody that's got sickness, we don't have to go hunt the pastor. We don't have to go hunt a preacher somewhere. We don't have to find some. See, a lot of people think about healing. They think about preachers on TV. You know what they call faith healers. Have you ever heard that term? She's used derogatory. And, and there are some of, some of those guys that are phonies and fakes. But there's a real healing available through Jesus Christ and his atonement. Amen? I mean, I've seen people that, yeah, they're phonies and fakes. I can tell that by the, you know. But the point is, it doesn't do away with the real. You know, if Satan counterfeits something, that must, be, that must mean there's something real. You know, our daughter-in-law used to work at the bank, and maybe you've heard this, but she told us personally this. She said the way they teach us to tell counterfeit bills is by filling the real thing. Yeah. 
And once you have the real thing, when something's, not, when something's phony, you'll know it. Because the paper that they use is exclusive to the government. And so, you know, they may get close. It may look like the real thing. It, it may, may fool you by looking at it. But she said, you can tell by feeling of it whether it's the real bill or not. And so, the, it, it, but the thing of it is, you, there wouldn't be a counterfeit if there wasn't real. It's like people say, I don't believe in prophets today. But then they believe in false prophets. <laughs> if there's false prophets, there's got to be true prophets. Or there just aren't prophets. Well, how many know there's, there's, there's both? There's false and true. Amen. And so, you know, once you know the real, you, can, you, you get discernment, you can pick out the false pretty quickly. And you know, some of the things they do today, you know, you know, have you ever, have you ever seen something that says leather look? How many know what leather look means? It ain't leather. Right? You know, and they can get, do pretty good, pretty close. You know, you sometimes you see uh, zirconian, you know, and it looks like a real diamond, you know. Amen. Or you see maybe fake rubies or something like that or pearls. They look real. But, you know, you get, a, you get somebody that's trained and they look, put that little whatever, that little round thing is they put in their eye, you know. They look at they can tell you that's not real. Amen. Because there's, there's, there's signs. Amen. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you there? Look at one verse, verse 27 says, Now you, me and you, are the body of Christ and members in particular. So how many know we are the body of Christ? Is that right? Well, if we're the body of Christ, how could we not minister like him? If we're his body, how could we be any different? Uh, now, once again, I'm not saying we're, 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 we're maybe as skilled as, we're not as skilled as, as he was. I don't know anybody that is. And uh, maybe we don't have, you know, everything that he had in some respects. In fact, the Bible said he had, he, had the me- he had the spirit without measure. Remember the Bible said that? I always liked the way Brother Hagin taught this. I thought this was scripture. He said, you, he said Jesus was apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. He was all of them in one. But it takes us whole body the whole body to make up what Jesus, if, if you understand what I'm saying, the giftings that he had on his life. He had them all. And no, no one man, now I've heard people say, well, I've got all nine gifts of the Spirit. Yeah, you, I don't know what you've been smoking to with Willie Nelson. And, uh, you know, all right, maybe you don't like that, but I, I've never met anybody. And I've heard people say, well, I'm all fivefold. I'm all the fivefold. Yeah, you're full of it too. Nobody has it all. Jesus had it all. Put us all together, we got it all. And I happen to know that from experience. I've had people tell me those goofy things like, you're out of your mind. You don't have it all. Jesus had it all. And, he's the, and, and the Bible says this. Listen, Ephesians chapter 1 says, we're, we are his body. We're the fullness of him that filleth all in all. You ever thought about what that means? We're the fullness of him? That means we are, how many know when he was here on the earth, he had a body, didn't he? He could only be in one place. At one, at one time, couldn't he? Yes. He was, he was limited by his physical body. But now we're the body of Christ, and we're all over the earth, filling the entire earth. We're supposed to be doing the same thing he did all over the earth, which I believe is probably one of the meanings when he said, the works that I do shall you do and greater than these shall you do. 
And we try to think, well, what greater work can we do, man? He, 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 he raised the dead. Lazarus was dead four days. I, I think it probably means that it, it, in volume, in number. You put us all together, our work's outnumber. Jesus's and his was so many that John said, I suppose the world couldn't contain all the books if we told you everything he did. Wow, isn't that something? And so, you know, and besides Brother Hagin, once again, Brother Hagin, I thought I had a great saying here. He said, people say, well, what are the greater works? He said, well, I'll tell you what, let's just do the works he did, and then we'll talk about it. Hallelujah. We get, people get caught up, what are the greater works? Well, one thing, how many know leading somebody to Jesus and getting them born again? How many know Jesus never did that? Did he? No, because it wasn't available until he was uh, uh, crucified and raised and resurrected. Amen. But, you know, we're supposed to be doing the works that he did, right? Why? Because we take, we've taken his place here on the earth as his body. We've just never allowed ourselves, I'm not talking, accusing you, I'm just saying generically. The church has just never allowed itself to be, you know, become the, truly become the body of Christ. Amen. And so, when we look at the scriptures, you know, I, I think about Acts 19.11. In Acts 19.11, the Bible says that God wrought, he worked special miracles by the hands of Paul. You may ever remember that scripture, heard that scripture? Well, how many know he worked miracles by the hands of Jesus, didn't he? He said, the works that I do are not mine, but the Father's within me. He doeth the works. Well, God worked miracles by the hands of Jesus. He worked miracles, unusual, the King James says special miracles. It actually means unusual miracles. They were special. They were unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. Well, he's still working miracles by the hands of the church. By you, how many? He wants to work miracles by your hands. All, see, God does it, but he, he needs somebody's hands. Somebody has to be his hands. Amen. And so, we have to know and realize that we're part of that. And I'm going to share. Just, I'm not going along tonight, but I'm going to share some things with you, and I want you to think about what I'm going to say here in just a little bit, because it's applicable to us. Well, I'll just say it right now. You, you have an anointing on you by, from the head of the church, and I'll prove it to you in just a minute. Matter of fact, go ahead and go to Mark chapter 16. I'll prove it to you by the Scripture. You have an anointing from the head of the church to lay hands on people and to pray for them and see them get healed. Amen. Amen. You do. Well, I always thought that was the pastor's job. Well, pastors have that too. But how I many know, pastor can't go pray for everybody you run into. Is that right? You know, I think about that. Think about if I did all your spiritual work for you, what, how would I ever have anything to preach? Did you know it takes a lot of time to preach to you people? No, it doesn't take much time to deliver, and I'm going to deliver a message in 25 or 30 minutes tonight. But, but it, takes a, it takes a few hours to get that ready, to feed yourself. And not only do you have to feed to feed people, but you've got to feed to feed yourself or you'll get run down. So I have, to, I, have to eat, I have to eat twice for you, you little baby birds, and then I have to eat for myself. That's kind of gross, isn't it? But anyway, <laughs> but, but so, so pastors, they, they can't, because people used to use pastors that way. Like a lady called me one time. She said, I have been witnessing to this person, and I've almost got them saved. They're ready to receive Jesus. Can you come and lead them to Jesus? I said, no. I said, you've got them there. 
you're the one that caught the fish, reeled the thing in. Amen. And I explained to them, I said, I might show up and they might not like my personality at all. Of course, they'd be wrong. (laughs) It's It's like a friend of mine said, I took a poll. Everybody that likes me is okay. Everybody that doesn't is not. So, but help me understand, not, not everybody receives off everybody, right? And so I might show up and they might, we, the fish might jump off. They might not like, they, if you've got them there, bring them on in. And so you're going to run into people that you should pray for. You, don't, you, don't, you shouldn't be calling the pastors or the elders to pray for them when you've got a commission to do it yourself. Amen. You know, well, we just want to give you the hard cases, Pastor. You know, the people that don't want you praying for them. The people that will cuss you out and give you sign language. We want you to come pray for them people. I don't want to pray for them people. You pray for them people. I've prayed for them people before. Amen. Now, in in Mark chapter 16, (laughs) go there. Mark chapter 16 and verse 14 the Bible says afterward that he, that's Jesus, he appeared unto, his, unto the eleven, his disciples, as they sat at me. And, he, and he, the church people love to eat, don't they? You know what, meat, meat food, right? And, and they upbraided them. He got onto them uh, for their unbelief and their hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But now how many understand right now, we know just by this phrase, he's not just talking to these 11. These 11 are not going into all the world. This is something beyond these 11. So he says, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. And, and he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned or condemned. And these signs shall follow them that are apostles, pastors, well, at least preachers. Want to be preachers? How many of says they follow them that believe? So these signs follow who? The believing ones, right? The ones you preach the gospel to and they believe and are saved. He just said, preach the gospel. Those that believe shall be saved. Those are the believers. The ones that got saved, those are the ones he's talking to. Right? Because I heard people say, well, that was just for the apostles. No, this is for the ones you preach to and they get saved. This is for them. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out demons. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And that, that's talking about having power over the enemy. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Well, that's the believers, isn't it? And notice says, he says, so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven. He sat on the right hand of God. And, he, and they went forth and preached everywhere. This, this Lord that went to heaven sitting on the right hand of God, he's working with them, confirming the word with signs following. How many of God wants to work with you? He wants to use your hands. You say, I don't know much. I, I'm just not that smart. He didn't say you had to be smart. He didn't say you had to have a, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a degree in divinity. He just said, you got to be a believer. How many know it's not hard to take these hands, lay them on somebody and pray for them to be healed. It doesn't take a lot of training to do that. 
right? Now, you know, you'll learn some things as you do that. You'll become more skilled. But it doesn't take, it doesn't take anything to get started. This is real easy to get started on. You just find a sick person and pray for them. And most sick people were open to prayer. There's a few that aren't, but most are. Most of them, yeah, pray for me. I was walking, taking a walk the other day and ran into a guy, you know. And we, I don't know, we just kind of met at a crossroads. So, hey, how you doing? He's walking his dog, you know. And, um, you know, his, uh, so I like dogs, you know. So I comment about the dog and all, you know. And, and then we get talking and he tells me what he's going through, some kind of sickness. I said, well, I'll pray for you. Well, I mean, they'll take it, right? Amen. You know, I've never had one yet that I can remember ever turned me down. You know, they, they normally are ready, you know, for some help. Amen. Amen. And so, well, you say, well, what if they don't get healed? How I many know that's not your, your department, is it? Has everybody you prayed for got healed, Pastor? No, not all of them, but hundreds of them have. I said hundreds of them have. I'm not exaggerating. Hundreds of them have. Maybe thousands. I don't know. I've never kept a record. I don't know how many people I've prayed for, but a lot of people in 40 years. And a lot of people have been healed. A lot of people have testified. I got healed. A lot of you have testified to me. I got healed. I prayed for me. Well, guess what? You know, did every one of them get healed? I don't, I don't really, I don't major on the ones that didn't get healed. I just do what I'm told to do. That, that's not my department. Why they didn't get healed? I don't have to figure that out. I don't have to feel like a failure. You know, you know it, it's like I've said before. If I lay hands on 10 people and nine of them fall dead, I'll lay hands on, uh, if I lay hands, I'll, I'll lay hands on the 10th one if they stick around. Amen. See, my job is this, and this is real important, is to muster all the faith I can when I lay my hands on them, that God's going to do something for them. Isn't that right? Now, you know, we've come under attack before over the years, not just recently. I mean, this has been going on since, since I got saved. About, you guys are saying that if we don't have faith, we won't, we won't get healed. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. There's a lot of reasons people don't get healed. But we always get labeled that. You know, you guys say, we, people don't get healed because they don't have enough faith. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Jesus, when he talked about healing, he talked about faith all the time. So go tell him. He's the one that said you need some faith. Didn't he? He said, if you believe. Remember, one guy, he needed his son delivered. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible. What did he say with this one with the issue of blood? Your faith has made you whole. And so we're supposed to say faith doesn't have anything to do with it. I actually heard a guy that was using the healing ministry because he's got pressure put on him get up and say, well, I preached wrong. Faith doesn't have anything to do with it. Are you kidding me? You calling Jesus a liar? You calling Jesus stupid? He's the one that taught us this. Are you listening now? That's a little, maybe it's a little rough, but have me understand. We can't be pressured by religious people. Let's just stick with what the work with the master. If we do what Jesus did, it'll work. And he's the one. He's the one, not us, that talked about faith. Does that mean when people don't get healed, they, did, they didn't have faith? No, it doesn't mean that. There's a lot of reasons. Sometimes we're just in a... Long, sometimes you got to just keep fighting a good fight of faith. And I'm going to teach on that if, if I continue on this healing. I'm going to talk about that. you got to sometimes fight the good fight of faith. You know, because the devil tried to throw you out of your inheritance. Right? It has nothing to do with you didn't have any faith. People get sick, they have faith. But faith is what gets you delivered. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Well, you know, if I had all the faith, you know, I wouldn't get sick. No, you get attacked no matter what. Right. How many think Paul had some faith? Right. Did he get attacked? Yeah. Well, sure he did in different ways, of course. But you know what? He said, on all these things, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. We're all going to come. We're going to come out with victory. Praise God. 
Amen. Now, so you have to, you have to, you have to, you have to understand this. Listen now, this is real important. You have to understand, and you have to actually not understand, you have to believe this. You have to believe that you have a healing and delivering anointing resting upon you as a believer. And that God has commissioned you to do this. I understand there's healing ministries. I understand there's gifts of healings that the Bible talks about that are gifts for special ministry. Just like there's people that are used to, to minister in tongues like my wife is or interpretation like I do. Uh, sure, there's ministry gifts like that. But all of us, according to the scriptures, are called to pr pray for the sick. Amen. Amen. And you say, well, what if they're not saved? It doesn't say pray for the saved sick. It says pray for the sick. Jesus told his disciples to go into the villages and, and, and preach the gospel and heal the sick that are therein. He didn't say go find believers and heal them. You mean I could pray for sinners? Yes, if they'll stand still long enough. Sure. You think everybody Jesus prayed for was a saint? Amen. I, I mean, Mary didn't get those seven demons by singing the doxology. I mean, well, I explained to you. How many know who I'm talking about? Mary. Mary Magdalene was one of the Jesus' best disciples. And when he met her, he had to cast seven devils out of her. And how many know you usually pick those up by doing some wrong things? Right? I mean, I've got a feeling this girl was not acceptable in her city. Hallelujah. Not hallelujah that she wasn't acceptable. Hallelujah that she got delivered. Right? Are you listening? See, you're looking at me funny, but the truth is she didn't get those by being a saint. She was living a rough life. But, gee, but you know, and it's usually those type of people, you know, like Jesus said, you know, he said to, to the, the, the uh, Pharisees, he said, he that, he that loves, been forgiven much, loves much. Because, I mean, you appreciate what God did for you. Hallelujah. I am. I'm still thankful today that I didn't die for I met Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Because I certainly live in a life I could have. I mean, I prayed some fire assurance prayers because I thought I was going to die of a drug overdose. And I prayed, Lord, just, you know, forgive me. I want to go to heaven. But the Lord really heard me. He heard my heart. I mean, you know, the whole Lord hears your heart. And then what I was really saying is let me live through the night. And if I live, I'm going to party on. God in his mercy. Amen. Amen. I had a friend mysteriously die, just got sick. He's, you know, maybe a couple years older than me. We were, we were close friends, and he died. They kind of kept it in, under the wraps of what killed him, but in a week's time, he was dead and gone. And a young man, and then, you know, someone told me, he said, well, it was because of drugs that he did. And I thought, you know, oh my gosh, he and I did those drugs together. I lived and he died. Don't you think I'm not thankful that Jesus Christ of Nazareth kept me alive? Come on. I'm thankful. Hallelujah. And so, you know, thank God. Amen. So I'm, 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 I'm just thankful. That's why when, when I sing, listen, I, I'm not condemning anybody. Don't listen to me. But when I'm, when I'm standing here singing songs, I'm not just singing songs, but in between the songs I'm saying, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Because yeah. well, I got something to be thankful about. 
I love the songs, but I got to add a little bit to it. Praise God. There's something coming out of my heart too. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, you know, you know, you may say, well, why didn't God save your, I don't know. I'm not God. I just know that he died. He died quickly. And then someone told me, well, it was, it was drugs. That's why they didn't come out with what it was. And I said, oh my gosh, he and I did the same thing the same night together. God's good. His mercy endureth forever. And I'm not in hell, and I'm thankful for it. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. Come on, are you getting anything tonight? So we, uh, we have to believe that we have a healing, delivering anointing. It's resting upon us as a believer, and that God has commissioned us to do this because that's what the Scripture right here says. And I want to look at one more Scripture in the book of James chapter 5, which also tells us the same thing, that God has commissioned us to pray for people's healing. James, uh, the fifth chapter, and I think you probably know where we're going. But Jesus told us, you know, the works that I do, you'll do also. Remember when he cursed that fig tree and it withered? And his disciples said, Master, look how quickly the fig tree withered away. And he said to them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever says to this mountain be removed, be cast into sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things that that he speaks shall come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. What was he saying? He said, if you have faith in God, you can do the same thing I did. I think it was Pastor Chuck that was talking about this Sunday morning. What Jesus did on the earth, he did as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. See, people get confused about this. Well, he was God. No, he wasn't God. He is God. Did you get that? Sometimes I would say, he was God. Well, what is he now? He has always been God. How many know in the, be- in the beginning, He was the Word? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. He came to this earth. He became, he became the Son of the living God, the first begotten from the dead. Amen. And He's always been God. But when you read Philippians, it says, he, in the, I like the Amplified Bible brings it out really clear in Philippians 2, that He, lay, he stripped Himself of His power and glory. He, he, you know, the King James says, He thought it not robbery to be called equal with God. And, and, and it talks about, I can't quote the whole thing right now, but anyway, it lets us know what he did. He did as a man. He didn't do it as God. And it's real easy to figure that out if you think about it because he was anointed of the Spirit. How many know God the Father doesn't have to be anointed? He is anointed. How, Jesus says God doesn't have to be anointed. He is, he's already anointed. But men have to have help. And he, a, man, a pastor said to me one time, he said, well, I just believe that when Jesus was on the earth, he said, and he bumped into a kid on the playground, he healed them. I said, no, he didn't. The Bible tells us that after he was baptized in the Holy Spirit at the River Jordan, when the Spirit of God came on him, that, that the, the, the Bible says the Spirit of God came on him, and it tells us that his first miracle was the wedding of Canaan. He didn't do anything before he was anointed of the Spirit. Well, how I many know we're anointed of the Spirit? Amen? Now, he had to have that anointing as a man to do the things he did. Well, he's given us the same anointing. It's the same spirit, let's say it that way. He's given us the same spirit to do the works that he did. Praise God. And see, what happens is the devil tries to belittle us and say, well, who are you? Well, I'll tell you who I am, Satan. 
I'm a child of the living God with the Holy Ghost living inside of me. I'm redeemed from your hand. Hallelujah. I have salvation in my mouth and healing in my hands. Praise God. See, because you think, well, I'm not pastor, and I'm not. No, it, does, it doesn't say, and pastors shall lay hands on them. It says believers. God was very specific about this. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, uh, you know, people, little children can do this. It doesn't say adults. But we've just, because they don't know it, and then they don't know to do it. They don't know the flow in it. Amen. I forget who it was. They were. They said they were in the. They were in the service. Help me. Who was that? Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. They said they were in a service and they had something wrong with them, and they they'd been believing God for healing, and <laughs> and uh, he he said he was it was during it was during praise and worship. He said, I'm just standing there, and I've been believing God for healing. He said, this, I think it was about a five-year-old or six-year-old kid. He said, they just came up to me and hit me in the stomach. He said, come out of him. And he said, I was healed. Amen. Amen. You know, that child learned something in children's church, right? You know, because they're paying more attention than we realize sometimes, right? Amen. They're getting. You think, well, are they getting anything? Well, they get more than what you realize. And I always told this story. Uh, uh, Nathan, you'll appreciate this. I always tell this story when we were doing children's church at Gleason. One time, one one particular, we would, we would do these skits. You know, we would like what we did. We would take a verse, just a verse out of the Bible, and we teach on that verse the whole service. But you have to do it in different ways, so you lose their attention. So you could preach on it for ten minutes, but you better move on to something else, or they're done with you. And so we would do like a puppet skit. We would do a, a preaching on it. Uh, we would actually sometimes do a physical uh, skit, you know, about that verse. And this morning, that morning, that particular morning, it was on resist the devil and he will flee from you. So what we had designed was this. We were going to have somebody come in in a devil's costume and he was going to have packages and they were going to say sin, you know, sickness, you know, different things like that, the curse, and he was going to bring them in and, and try to give them away to people in children's church. But when this guy walked in the room, when Brother Donnie walked in the room and he had that suit on, one of the kids thought the literal devil had walked in the children's church. And he stood up on his chair. We had folding metal chairs. He, get, he stands up on his chair. He looks at Brother Donnie and he points at him and says, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. <laughs> well, thank God he had enough sense to know this kid's done preached the sermon for today. So we, th- this gets over with. The kid's preached it, man. So he, he boogies on out. <laughs> Amen. But that, that, now that kid now is a 30, 40-year-old man. But that you know, he's 30-some-year-old anyway. Man, that kid thought the literal devil came in. But what so blessed me was he knew what to do. Yeah. You wonder, are they getting it? Well, he, he got it. Yeah. And so there's always some getting it, amen? Yeah. And so it's not just for preachers. That's what I'm trying to bring across to you tonight. This healing anointing, this healing ministry, this ministering healing, it's not just for preachers or people on TV 
that you see, and there's some legitimate people on TV. I'm telling you, there are. They're getting, they're getting be fewer and fewer sometimes. I'm sorry, but it's just the truth. But there's still legitimate people on there that are preaching the gospel and praying for the sick and not making anything up. You know, because the world thinks we're all phonies. And one minister, you know, he, he's known for healing. And uh, he was having a meeting one night, and the, the media came in to try to, because you would have to get a, you'd have to get, to get in the prayer line just to, just to keep the numbers under control. You'd have to get a healing card and get in the prayer line, tell them what's wrong with you. You had this card, and he would say, if you have a red card, get in the line. You know, got a blue card. You couldn't just like everybody's, you know, everybody's sick. Come on up because you're going to have a chaos. So you had to keep it orderly. So, you know, so these, these media people, a couple reporters decided they were going to prove he was a fake and a phony, you know. And, uh, you know, he got, he got in the line and they, they, he got ready to pray for them. And the Spirit of God told him who they were. And he said, and they told him they had this certain condition, you know, and so forth. And he said, yeah, I like what, I'm not saying this happened, and I'm not saying this was maybe the best way to respond, but I like what he did. He said, you're both phonies, you're both reporters, and, and may that disease you told me you have come on you. They booked it on out of there. Because, see, they've been busted. Right? And they were accusing him of being a fraud and a phony, and he read their mail. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One thing I know is this. Nobody will ever convince me the Lord doesn't heal because he's healed me. Nobody ever convinced me the Lord doesn't heal because he's used me to pray for people and they've gotten healed. You mean visibly? You could see? Yes, visibly. I could see it instantly. Instantly. I've seen gross disappear. Legs grow out. I remember one time we prayed for a guy, and he had this big old thick shoe on. Probably, you know, he had a regular shoe on one foot and a big old thick shoe on the other foot, you know, because he had had a, an accident. And I'm thinking it might have been a car wreck, and you know how you'll do. You know, I think he was a passenger, and you want to put the brake on. And you know, when, you know what I'm saying, like, like you're riding with somebody. And How many ever ride with people like that? Jackie, who is it? And you know, you're over there, you got you're you're braking for it. There's no brake pedal, but you're using it anyway. And I think that might have been what he did, if I remember right, or he failed, I can't remember that. But anyway, it jammed his leg, you know, and messed it up. And, you know, he had to have that elevated shoe because one leg was shorter than the other, you know. And uh, if he didn't, you know, he'd walk like that. You know what I'm saying? And so he gets in prayer line. I can tell you the guy's name, but I'm not going to online. But I can tell you afterwards, this is not a phony. Well, you know, you can ask his wife. She's still, he's, he's in heaven now, but his wife's still alive. But anyway, he came, he came up for prayer, and he had that elevated shoe on, and he got prayer. And after he got, got ready to walk away from the altar, he was going like this because that shoe was too high now. He had to take it off. He had to take his shoes off for the rest of the service because he was healed. His leg grew out. Well, I don't believe that. Well, don't get in the prayer line then. Don't ever mess your leg up. How <laughs> many know God if, God, if our God can't do this, we need to find another God. And if he's changed, somebody should have told him because one of his names is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth thee. Did he change his name? No. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
Well, not everybody gets healed. Not everybody gets saved either, but salvation is still a true message. Right? Amen. Amen. You know. All right. Now, have you found James? All right, James chapter 5. Go there. We'll close right here. Verse 14. It says, Is any sick among you? Talking to the church. Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And any kind of prayer will do. Is that what it says? It says the prayer what? Faith shall save the sick. So we, got, we need to muster all the faith we can. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if you have committed sins, they shall be forgiven. And what you say, well, that's the elder of the church right there, Pastor. But we keep reading, though. He says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So he not only tells the elders to pray for the sick, but he tells you one another to pray for one another to be healed. Yeah, I mean, you see that. All right, so, so listen, and notice it says the, the, the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord shall raise them up. So it's the Lord working together with us, isn't it? It's the Lord working with the elders. It's the Lord working with you. The same Lord that works with the elders will work with you. But you have to have what? What do you have to have? You have to have faith. He said pray the prayer of faith. He didn't say just, how many know the prayer of faith isn't if it's your will, Lord? I mean, that's not a prayer of faith. What is faith? I don't know. What is faith? <laughs> the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What does that mean? It's not, it's not guessing. It's substance. It's substance. You can't have, I mean, you can't have faith if you, you can't have faith if you don't know my will. You could say, you could say, you know, I'm just believing that pastor is going to come by and he's going to mow my yard. Well, how I many know your, your faith is vain? Right? Now, what if I told you I was going to come by and mow your yard? How I many know you could have faith based on something, on what I said? You know. So you can't, there's no way you can pray a prayer of faith and pray if it be your will. That's not the prayer of faith. The prayer of consecration, you can say if it be your will. Remember Jesus said, if not my will, but your will be, if this cup may pass from me. He was consecrating to do the will of God. You may not always know the will of God. So yeah, you can put an if in there. Lord, if this is your will, I'll do it. If that's your will, I'll do it. But when it comes to the prayer of faith, prayer of faith can't have any, can't have any ifs in it. Because if, if means you don't know. You got to know. To be in faith. That should make sense, right? That should, just, that should just be common sense that you can't have faith about something, you know. Right? A lady told me one time, bless her. It's amazing how people try to talk themselves into receiving a miracle. A lady told me one time, she says, well, you pray and if God gives you the faith, then you can pray in faith. Well, where's that at in the Bible? My Bible says faith comes a certain way. Doesn't it? How's it come? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. How, how, do people, how do people have faith to get saved? They have to hear something, don't they? They got to hear something. Amen. Got to hear the gospel message. They hear the gospel message and faith can come. 
Same thing with healing. It's not a matter if it's God's will. It's a matter of what He's already said. He either said He would or He said He wouldn't. Amen. Amen. Come on, are you getting something tonight? You've got to understand that you just stick with the Bible, stick with what it says, and believe it, and you'll come out all right. Hallelujah. It all works out really well. Amen. Now, so, so here we have, he said the elders could pray, but then he said everybody could pray. And so, it, you know, it's not just limited to elders. It's not just limited to preachers. This may not be deep tonight. Maybe you're thinking I really came for a really deep revelation, but I'll bet you anything we all need stirred up on this from time to time. And we have, I, I know as a preacher, you know, I have to remind myself that God's commissioned me to do this. Because, you know, sometimes you can say, well, you know, I prayed for three people last week and none of them got healed. Well, all right, maybe they didn't. But you might have witnessed the three people in them and they didn't give their life to Jesus Christ, but it didn't change the message and it didn't mean the message wasn't true. Just for some reason they didn't receive. And you know, the Lord, how many know the Lord, the Lord never told us to go figure all that out? He just told us what to do. Just go do it. We, we, we leave the figuring out to him. How many know the, there's a scripture I love this in Deuteronomy as we close out. It says the secret things belong to the Lord, right? Amen. So I pray for people they didn't get healed. And, 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 and it doesn't mean they didn't have faith. It doesn't, doesn't, I'm not saying, I'm not the judge of that. I don't know. God, only God knows their heart. I mean, I've met people I didn't think had faith and had faith. And I've met people I thought had faith, didn't have any faith, you know. So, you know, you, you can't tell. But the Bible never tells us to figure that stuff out. Just, just go do what the Bible said. Amen. And uh, you, you'd be surprised. I, a lot of times it works better with unbelievers than it does believers. It's just like, you know, they accept it. They're desperate. And I mean, we're living in a really desperate world right now that really needs a lot of help, you know. People are talking about this disease and that disease. Well, thank God. God's got answers for it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And, um, you know. We believe for divine health and divine healing. If something comes on our body, then we believe for healing, right? We fight the good fight of faith. We keep fighting. We do whatever we got to do. I tell people, do everything you got to do, man. I mean, you got to take some medicine, take some medicine. You got to go to the doctor, go to the doctor. You got to get surgery, go get surgery. But do it all in faith. Do everything in faith. Because, you know, the medical profession, they're amazing. But they're human beings and they make mistakes. And I've read stories about Operating on the wrong person. Cutting the wrong leg off. Yeah, I've read these stories. I don't read them. I wouldn't read them before I went to the hospital. But, you know. <laughs> but I've read them. You know, I've seen, I've seen these lawsuits and things like, you know, I was scheduled to have surgery here and they marked that the wrong person, you know. Took my appendix out and wasn't anything wrong with it. <laughs> so, how many know you, you just better go in in faith? Amen. Amen. And trust God, no matter what, no matter how it comes, uh, trust God, use your faith. Amen. 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 Praise God. And He's able. Amen. He's able to get you the right people, right? But as you go, I want you to take this with you tonight because it's real important. It's one of the big tools that Jesus used to reach lost people was healing. 
You read his, you just someday, you, you, you know, you just need to read through the Gospels and, and make special notation of all the times that Jesus prayed for people or ministered to people and got them delivered. Don't make it overcomplicated. Just lay your hands on them. Just pray. Let God do His work. Hallelujah. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.